to the Family Ministry Podcast. My name is Jonathan Freeman. I'm the Kids Pastor. Uh, today we get a great introduction to our fourth member of the team, uh, Miss Brianna Burns, who is a long-term reigning staff member. She's been here for almost oh 10 years. Oh my goodness. So Brianna, tell us a little <laughs> oh bit about my goodness. yourself. Um, well, as Jonathan said, my name is Brianna Burns. Um, I am currently serving here at Calvary as the Family Events and Spiritual Formations Director for what our... What does that mean? Because that is a long title. <laughs> it is a very long title. Um, planning events and, and kind of working with discipleship in family ministry, family discipleship. And you'll do awesome um, at that. You've been here Thanks. long enough working with families. <laughs> Got a few kids of your own, right? I, have, I Well, I claim a few kids as my own, yeah. So um, I, I don't have any biological children, but I do kind of see myself as a second mom slash big sister to a lot of teenagers and kids who have come through our kids and youth ministry. So I claim them as my own in some way. Um, but yeah, so it's just me, but I have... I have a large family, um, really, with, with all of my Calvary family. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So I know <laughs> this week's is going to be a little bit different than from before. Yeah. Um, Brenna leads off with an interview this week with some communication with family. So tell us what this one will kind of look like. Yeah, so we're really excited um, when we kind of were, were talking through what we wanted this podcast to be. Um, we felt that really the best way to kick this off was to... Um, start with families. And so that's exactly what we're doing. We're sitting down with some of our um, Calvary families um, and getting to know them and getting to kind of see their perspective on um, raising their kids and raising their kids um, in church and how they approach discipleship in their home. Um, And so I think it's really cool to hear different perspectives from people and, and hear, um, hear about what they do in their lives and, and gain knowledge from that. And so I think that's really important and really can't think of a more perfect way to really kick off um, this family ministry podcast. Yeah. So week one is with Andre and Rachel Taylor. Um, so Brenna, what is one takeaway of why you would listen to this podcast this week? Well, I think this week we get a really cool perspective. Um, Rachel and Andre are an interracial couple. Um, and so kind of hearing how their background and the way that they were brought up culturally, um, has shaped the way that they parent, um, is, is a really neat, um, thing to learn from, um, and a really important perspective for us to have. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really good conversation. Well, I had the benefit and pleasure of listening to the interview. So let's tune in uh, and listen to Andre and Rachel talk to Brenna this week. Hey, Andre and Rachel. Thanks Hello. for being here. Thank you Thank for you. having <laughs> us. Um, so let's just start with you guys introducing yourselves. Awesome. Ladies first. Uh, yes, I'm Rachel. Uh, I'm from Northport. I've lived here my whole life. I've been at Calvary almost 15 years, and Andre and I actually met at Calvary in the young, well, it was called 2030 at the time, but the Young Professionals Sunday School class, that's how we met, and so we've been married 10 years. We have two kids. Joseph just turned three, and Madeline turned seven a couple of months ago. My name is Andre Taylor uh, from Birmingham. Um, I've been attending Calvary for over a little over 20 years now, which um, sounds crazy coming out of my mouth. Um, as Rachel said, we met here uh, in 2030. Um, that, yeah, we have two of the prettiest children you will ever see. They are the prettiest children. They are as crazy as they are pretty. So, <laughs> um, it had to balance out somehow, right? It, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's so, us. speaking of your kids, yeah. we're going to start with kind of an easy, fun question. Let's go. Because um, they will get more serious. But, um, <laughs> so what's like the funniest thing that one of your kids has ever done or said? 
The first thing that came to mind was when Madeline was two, she was a couple months from being three. And I thought that was the, this was Easter. And I thought this was the first year that she could really probably understand the Easter story, at least on some level. And so I remember sitting at the table, I don't know what meal it was, but we were sitting there eating and I was telling her about the story, just very basic about Jesus died. You know, he rose on the third day, you know, whatever just the kind of basic stuff and she at the end of the story she looked at me and she said good job jesus if you knew madeline yes. you would know how funny this was because she's always been an, a very intellectual yes so she's yeah. she's kind of has an old soul she's a little more intelligent than her age mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah. so she's always been able to soak things in yeah. and speak on them intelligently so to not even be two or a little over two. She was not quite three. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good job, Jesus. I mean, Jesus. good job, Jesus. For real. <laughs> good. Yeah, I mean, hey, seriously. Hey, I thought Jesus. that was good, good job. Going. Good job. Appreciate that. I love that. Yeah. High five, Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good one. Yeah. I always like the story. So as I said, um, Madeline has always marched to her own rhythm. She is her own person, which is really interesting because Rachel and I are both very independent people. So naturally, we have raised a a very independent child. Um, But the day she was born, the doctor says, hey, father, would you like to cut the umbilical cord? Absolutely. I step up, I take the scissors, and as soon as I go to cut the cord, little Miss Madeline, who was... 30 seconds old, <laughs> grabs the scissors. No now, way. Now, as you can imagine, this little, you know, hand comes up and everybody's like, <gasps> and I'm like, you know, trying to <laughs> snatch him out of her hand. But, you know, not, but yeah, she grabbed him and had a death well. grip on these scissors. And, you know, it was almost like to say, hey, let me, let me show you how to do <laughs> Yeah. That. She was setting yeah. the tone real she, early. Absolutely. And she <laughs> has no been. Idea. She has been that that kind of person since then. Hey, I can do that. Yeah. She, we, we always prayed for a very confident child. Or not. no, we, we prayed that our children would be confident. Yeah. And Madeline has surpassed that <laughs> prayer. So we always say God had a sense of humor. So. That's so good. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we wanted to accomplish with this time um, is just kind of give families some real life examples of what it looks like to disciple um, your children or just family discipleship models. Um, And so I think a really big part of that is setting habits. Um, And so just wanted to get you guys to share a little bit about some of the habits that you've established for your family in terms of um, filling their, their spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, um, when, I don't know, before we had children or shortly after Madeline was born, you know, right around in there, we discussed how Andre and I grew up going to church every Sunday. You know, if the doors were open, we were there. Um, it didn't really matter. You know, as you get older, you're like, I don't feel like going. Okay, that's fine, but you're still getting in the car. You know, that kind of thing. Like, we always were there. I was real involved in the youth group, um, you know, Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, all the things. And so we wanted our kids to have that. And it really does become a habit. I mean, it sounds negative that going to church is a habit, but I don't think a habit has to be a a bad thing. You know, it's just part of your weekly rhythm. And so we wanted that for our kids to be that this is what we do on Sunday mornings. We go as a family, you know, um, we participate in small groups and we go to services and we do that. So that was something we had decided early on. So our kids are pretty much always here unless it's um, unless somebody's sick or something like that like <laughs> we're here and so that's just part of what they know that we do on Sundays and I think for us it's been it's been a, a good a good um, schedule to have and Andre a lot of times is playing so it's me and the kids coming which is not always easy um, <laughs> especially when they're little but you know we're here and Rachel we like superhero <laughs> and we like for them to be in a group with kids their own age hearing stories from a you know from a different uh, speaker you know what mm. I mean and from a different perspective and so that's been that that habit has been real important to us yeah and we, we also take opportunities to um, uh, discuss and, and we, we try to capitalize on um, 
Madeline is a very inquisitive child, mm. and she'll say things a little deeper than most seven-year-olds yeah. would, would say. Um, you know, I, I, it was several months ago, we were riding down the road, and she said, um, I, I don't think anything's bigger than these pine trees, you know, mm. or, you know, what, what could be, or something like, I don't think anything's naturally bigger than a pine tree. Or it was it was something like that, and she's you can I know she's (laughs) and she's looking out the window and she's doing this, and I said, well, how tall do you think God is? She was like, oh, (laughs) well, God made the pine trees. Sure did. And then then you can see the wheels spinning. She's like, God made everything. I said, yeah. So what it was, you know, and then we, we get into this deep conversation about, you know, what God made, but it's, it's that kind of thing where we, you know, we try to, um, incorporate teaching into the opportunities that, that come along. Um, she's in karate now and she did her first belt testing a few months ago and, um, you know, we're riding to, to Tiger Rock for karate and she said, you know, I don't want to mess up. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Um, I said, well, how do how do we handle that? Uh, practice. I said, well, what else can you do about that? I, th- I actually think Rachel may have said, well, what else can we do about that? Yeah. Uh, pray about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> we can pray about it. So, how about we pray now that God gives you the courage? So it's it's those kinds of kinds of things where we try to make it a habit of incorporating yeah. that in just to real life to where so when she grows up, she can it becomes second nature yeah. that God just doesn't reside inside the church building that you know we we incorporate those real life scenarios into her walk so so kind of going off that um since she is super inquisitive and kind of knowing the social climate of the time um Mm -hmm. you guys are an interracial couple (gasps) um yeah (laughs) shock um (laughs) so how does that and like the the differing backgrounds and things like that affect how you parent, does it affect how you parent? And then how do you have those conversations um, in connecting them to like a spiritual conversation? Yeah. So um, before Rachel and I got married, we, we both agreed that um, no matter where we were, we wanted to make sure our kids saw both of themselves, if that yeah. makes any, any sense, or we wanted to expose them to as diverse a school mm-hmm. as possible, um, to as many different people that did that didn't look like her as possible. Um, so, you know, when we were looking at houses, we, we made sure Rachel being from here, you know, I, I asked her, Hey, where, where's the best place? Mm-hmm. Where, where is she going to be able to see, um, you know, a, a great diverse, um, population or, or student body. And, um, it, it just so happened to be the, the neighborhood Rachel grew up in. So we said, okay, this, this is where we're going to be. So, um, making sure that she can see herself, um, see who I am and yes. my culture, see who Rachel is and her culture. Um, I, I think that will further, um, emphasize the need for her to appreciate herself and to like herself. Yeah. Um, and just as far as what's what's been going on with uh, the social issues and social concerns, um, Rachel had a great idea. There was a book. Um, it was a, a Martin, book on Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought that was a, a great way to introduce the topic of race and racism and kind of the history behind it. And it was it was a children's book. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. Um, So we let her read that. And then after she read it, we talked to her about it. Do do you understand what the civil rights movement meant? Do you understand what Martin Luther King did? Um, You know, how does that make you feel? Do you understand that this wasn't just in the book? Like, this really happened. So even though this looks like a cartoon, Mm -hmm. like, hey, this stuff really happened. And you could, once again, you could see her wheels turning like, wow, you know, this this really happened. And I think one of us even said, you know, not too long ago, mom and daddy couldn't have married each other. Mm -hmm. You may not have even been here. You know, it's it's letting her know that. And we feel confident enough that she was mature enough to handle that. Um, So we we talked about racism, about how Mm -hmm. some people don't like people that don't look like themselves and how that was wrong. 
um, and how uh, we can't form our beliefs uh, to prevent us from being able to relate to yeah. one another. Um, you know, we, we don't necessarily use words like stereotypes or, you know, that we, we kind of break it down to her level, but yeah. she definitely understood. So, yeah, it's, it makes, it's so, it's such an odd situation to talk about race with someone so young to me, right. just because it, the absurdity of it just comes shining through when I have to explain to her why someone might feel this way and about someone with a different color skin because that's all she knows is right. she knows daddy and I don't look alike or mom and daddy don't look alike and you know she has darker skin than Joseph does Joseph has lighter skin lighter hair lighter eyes she has darker skin darker hair darker eyes and so like the fact that the four of us all look a little different is just <laughs> normal to her and so trying to explain why other people might have a problem with that is you just realize the absurdity of it but we we wanted her to hear it from us like that was important and we we've avoided kind of talking about race a little bit in the past just because we didn't want her to feel uncomfortable or think that people might think differently about her <clears throat> but she's getting old enough where someone's going to say something to her and we just don't want her to be caught off guard so we thought the book was helpful because there was a a part where it was talking about different schools and how you know, the white children went to the really nice, pretty school with a playground, and the black children went to this, you know, rundown school with no playground. And it had these images, and she was looking at that, and she said, well, this isn't right. I said, well, you're right. It's not, but this is the way it was, and this is how, you know, this is how far we've come. And so, and we do try to talk about, because the book, I mean, that's what Martin Luther King taught, too, was that God doesn't see us this way. God doesn't see us differently, you know. And so that was helpful that he talked about that too and so it was made it easy to kind of just tie it all together so we have talked to her about it mainly because we want her to be prepared if someone ever was says something to her and it was helpful actually that she wasn't in school when a lot of this stuff was going on because then we could get out ahead of it a little bit more mm -hmm. and then so we'll have we don't talk have not talked to joseph about that um, cause he's definitely not ready for all that, but, but <laughs> he just turned three. He last just turned week, three. So. We're still working yeah. on letters. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it is, it's kind of awkward, but the best thing that anybody can do, no matter what race your children are, is to talk about that because the, the earlier you can normalize it, then I think the better you are, better off you are down the road that it doesn't become awkward. It's just like, yeah. well, this is just a part of our history and this is how, what we can do to overcome it and mm. kind of that kind of thing. So, um, and you know, the, from a biblical perspective, you know, she understands that, that God does not intend for us to live this way. And we were filling out this little survey for her school, um, this week. And one of the questions was, it was like a, for the guidance counselor yeah. to figure out if kids are struggling with different topics. And one of the questions was to indicate your race. And so it had all these different races. And so I was trying to explain to her because one of the options was multiple races. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, now daddy would choose black here. Mama would choose white. And you're going to choose multiple races. And she said, okay, like, <laughs> I'm done with this conversation. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to belabor this. But, yeah. but it was, it's very interesting to see it from a child's perspective. Yeah, for sure. And you kind of touched a little bit on being able to get ahead of things because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, how has that kind of played into how you parent and or has it affected how you parent and how like how have you kind of adjusted um when of course this is a very situational time we hopefully COVID does not happen often or continue <laughs> to happen but looking at it as a, in a sense of when things are unexpected um or change how has that kind of how do you approach parenting in that way it's been a little it's definitely been different because our roles i mean madeline's at home doing remote learning so you've got the role of teacher in addition to the role of parent and then we're just together a lot more mm -hmm. and you know we're used to we both go to work they both go to school and then we come back together at the end of the day so sometimes the togetherness is 
a lot. Um, just because we're, I mean, for them too, we're just not right. all used to being together that much. So we, and we have had conversations about the virus and about how, because Madeline even asked me the other day, why did God create viruses? And I really didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, <laughs> told you she, I told she her thinks I'd, way out there. I told her I'd get back to her yeah. on that one. Um, but I don't know that it's necessarily changed the way we parent, but it's definitely added new roles into mm. parenting because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we try to facilitate some kind of Sunday school thing <laughs> and the best we can and, you know, some kind of Bible study. And But, but I mean, the, if you look for a silver lining, I mean, we do the the being together like we do eat more meals together and which has been good and we mm-hmm. we're saying the blessing more often because we are eating more meals together and so there are certain things that we're able to do just because we have more time to spend together but it has right. been it's it's opened up a lot of interesting conversations about why we're doing why we're having to do this yeah yeah, yeah. I love that saying the blessing is like I would have never thought of that as a silver lining, but as a family, like <laughs> gathering and even just that, the spiritual discipline of like saying a blessing. Yeah. That's yeah. a really cool kind of perspective on that. To, yeah. When you, when you were talking it. about habits, that, that yeah. was one that we, we had discussed is, yeah. you know, before, before we eat being and Joseph being, yeah, yeah. Before Joseph was three, just several months ago mm-hmm. um, because they say it here mm-hmm. uh, a little friends uh, yeah at yes. home we said hey joseph all right hands together eyes closed one two three you know he doesn't close his eyes but he gets so <laughs> excited enough. i think i have a video i'll show you all later but <laughs> it was like the first time he said it all the way through by that. himself and after he does it we say yeah <laughs> and he gets really like yeah Yes. Like, yeah. It's one of my so. favorite things. There's a classroom that's across kind of an open space from our offices and you mm-hmm. can hear when there are a bunch of kids in there and she's like, all right, now we're going to say the blessing for our breakfast. <laughs> yes. And then you yeah. hear it a few hours later for their lunch. Yeah. And it's really precious. Yeah. So they, they, get they get excited about it because we're, once again, we're all doing it and yeah. it's like, I'm doing what they're doing and you know, I can participate. So, yeah. yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we wanted to ask you guys was, um, spiritually, what has been something that you've seen as a success, um, so far with your kids in terms of, of leading them in that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about Madeline a lot, but for Joseph, uh, it's a little harder cause he just turned three, but he, we have, um, you know, we read every night before bed with the kids and stuff. And so he's getting old enough now where he can pick out the books that he wants to read instead of, or has been for a while, but you know, instead of us picking them out. And so he will, there's a book, I've forgotten the, um, it's one that we got at Calvary, like at the Easter thing. And I've forgotten the name of that series, but it's the Jesus, it's the story of Easter. It's the Easter story. And he just calls it, I just want to read Jesus he is what he says. Jesus. I want and, Jesus. But they, like, it's yes, that, son, we all do. We yes. all do, <laughs> for Jesus. sure. That yeah. series, like they make Bibles and they make other stories. I just can't remember the name of it. But anyway, yeah. we've read that yeah. book. I think I just about had that memorized. Me you too. probably do too. So whenever... Jesus did many amazing things while he was older. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll have a separate recording time. <laughs> yeah, and you can just, just record that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Be great. And he, he has a little Bible, um, you know, an age-appropriate Bible. And so he whenever he chooses one of those... Those books I always consider that to be a success. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he kind of knows the words of Jesus loves me, and you know, and and knowing the um, uh, God is great prayer, mm-hmm. you know, things like that to me, because I think that kind of stuff is going to carry. Hopefully, we'll stick with him. Like, and when Madeline was in pre-K she learned this long Bible passage for their Christmas program. So I thought, well, if she can learn that, she can learn the Lord's Prayer. So I taught her the Lord's Prayer. That's awesome. And, you know, she actually learned it pretty quickly. It was easier to teach her than I thought it would be. But And so just hearing them say things like that or want to read um, Bible stories, um, I consider that to be a success Mm because we try to, like Andre said earlier, you know, we try to incorporate things into our daily just activities as much as possible. So whenever that happens, I always, always feel like that's a success. And I was talking to Madeline yesterday about praying for something, um, something to do with school. Like she, um, the remote learning is 
I don't think it was as much fun as she thought it was going to be. And so I told her she could pray to ask God to give her a good attitude about it. <laughs> so she told me this morning that she did, that she did pray for it last night. So yeah. I, I love yeah. that. I thought yeah. that was good. Yeah. I think adults probably do that more often than they'd like to admit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Praying for a good attitude. Yeah. So she's learning that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, this learning is that how, early. This is how I would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, Rachel took all my answers. But I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'm, I'm just glad it was said. But yeah, I think um, nurturing Madeline's instinct in a mm. way that she relies on God. And it's so funny to me. Sometimes we'll, we'll ask her things and she can regurgitate a church answer. <laughs> like, can. I mean, well, how do you feel about that? Well, God said we should love everybody no matter what. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Like you've learned that somewhere. Right. And we laugh, but you know, that inner voice will right. carry her. So I, I always feel that that is a success that something is being spoken into yeah. her. We we have we've done so many devotionals and so many children's Bibles because we, we read to them every night and we've gone through we've gone through a you know, couple a couple of Bibles more than once. Like we get to the end and she wants to go back through. So we'll read this story and this story. And then, you know, a Dr. Seuss book and a Berenstain Bear book <laughs> or, you know, with Joseph, like, like Rachel said, well, like, all right, man, pick out three books. I want this book on trucks, this book about bugs and the Bible. Yeah. Like he wants to make sure, like, I want this, this, and I want that one. And we have yeah. books. There's one about Jonah that he loves, yeah. a little pop-up book with the whale. And, you know, those stories, right. like at such a young age, um, I didn't have the benefit of, of learning that like like they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just I've, the, obviously the earlier you can expose them to those things um, and make sure that they know, hey, these just aren't stories. Right. Like, this actually happened. Right. You know, we can teach them, hey, this story about this guy named Jesus, it it really happened. Right. Like this is, you know, that's why we pray to this Jesus that you are reading about because it's so real. So Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit tougher of a question. Um but but <laughs> I do think um I think as important as it is to talk about the things we're successful at um, or that we see as successes, it's also important um, to talk about things that we see as a failure because ultimately we learn from those things. And so um, for you guys, has there been anything that would be considered a, quote, failure um, in terms of leading your kids spiritually? Yeah, we we talked about that a little bit. It's harder because our kids are pretty young. Right. I feel like we're going to encounter plenty of those <laughs> when they get to be teenagers and, and whatnot. But I, I personally myself am not good at sticking to a daily devotional time. Hmm. Like I will, I'll go strong for a while and then something happens and I get out of the habit and boom, then I have to, I feel like I have to start over. So I personally am not great at that. I've, I've always tried to be and I just... I don't know what happens. So, but I, I want our kids to be better at that than I am. And so we're still working on that. Like, because I'm not great at it myself, I'm so, sometimes not great at doing it with them either because something comes up. I don't know, just life gets in the way. And so, but I want, I would love for them to have that habit at a young age of like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible every night or every morning or whatever, whatever the thing may be. And so we, we ha- we're not there yet. Uh, but I think, you know, Madeline's old enough now where she wants to read by herself. Mm. Um, and so I think she's at an age now where she could do that by herself. Whereas kind of up until now, that would have been a little, well, she either couldn't read it herself or something, but I really would like for her to drive it. And when Joseph gets old enough for him to drive it, but yeah. that would be a thing. It's not necessarily a failure just cause they are pretty young, but that's something I feel like we could do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could do better myself personally in my own life. Um, is just that and and you know just the continuing kind of what we're doing about encouraging them to pray when they they're not sure what to do or they're scared or they're upset or something like that to for that to be their instinct is to turn Mm -hmm. to prayer Uh, because I know that's going to be it's important to them now but it's going to be really important you know when you get to the middle school years and Mm. all that. And you're dealing with all kinds of stuff. 
I think for me, I, I constantly think about, um, you know, it's been said before that our image of God is first based off of our earthly father, our heavenly yeah. father's first, you know, based off of the, um, our opinions and perceptions of our earthly father. So I constantly think of that. And, um, you know, so, you know, Madeline may ask us or Joseph may ask us, can I have a piece of candy? And, you know, I'll say no. Well, why not? And no, like when we ask God for something, sometimes he says no, and yep. that needs to be it. You don't keep asking. So I, I, const I think, okay, I've said no. I need to teach her that once, once you've, you're given an answer, you need to ride with that. Yeah. Or even, you know, from a discipline factor, you know, the way God teaches us and molds us mm. and disciplines us is sometimes the most in your face, efficient way. Like, Hey, you messed up and here are your consequences. Right. We're not going to go back on what we said because God never goes back on what he said. So we're going to tell you ahead of time, if you do this, then this is what happens. This is what's going to happen. We're not, you know, shying away from that. And I think the way my mom taught that was um, you need to be able to expect certain things to happen, especially if somebody tells you that they're going to happen, you, you expect that. Right. Um, so I think we do a good job of um, making those expectations known. Um, but as far as a failure, <clears throat> separating Andre the father mm -hmm. from Andre the person is very hard <laughs> because Madeline is very much like me. So we may get into a back and forth and I oftentimes forget, all right, be a father here, yeah. show her, teach her, don't get frustrated and annoyed because you're basically talking to yourself. That's the, <laughs> I mean, she is me like everything she thinks, everything she does. I'm like, yep, I did that. Yep. I know, you know, and Rachel may say, well, what is she doing? I'm like, Psh that's that's why she did. I mean <laughs> didn't you do that well no I did you know <laughs> like these inner conversations I have with myself it's like you know you have to be able to be patient with her be be a dad mm -hmm. be a father and a dad show her if this this thing about your heavenly father and your earthly father and the relationship between those perceptions is true you've got to be able to show her that. So separate yourself from the situation and be the father that she needs, be the dad that she needs. Yeah. So when she grows up, she knows, okay, I, I know what to expect going, you know, full circle, going back to the expectations. Yeah. Like this is the picture of God that I, I've been raised to see. So really I'm not always good at that because <laughs> I have this much patience right. often and, and she does too, which is why we, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we can already tell Joseph is a lot more laid back and he's, you know, Joseph go upstairs. Okay. You know, like Madeline go upstairs, but why <laughs> don't ask why just do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, yeah. And you kind of touched a little bit on your personal time um, with the Lord, but what are ways that, you guys, because I think it's important. You're, you're pouring into your kids. Um, how do you, what are the personal things that you do for yourself in terms of being poured back into? Yeah, one thing I noticed that I've been missing is a small group type environment for myself because right after Andre and I got married, we started teaching in the children's department and we did that for a while. And then I went and taught in the young professionals class for a little while. And now I went back to children's because Jonathan needed somebody and Madeline was going to start in children's. It was just a match made in heaven because I kind of wanted to get back in the children's department once Madeline was back there. And so I don't, um, and we haven't been in a Sunday school, a regular traditional Sunday school class in several years. Andre's usually playing on Sunday mornings. And so, um, and I would, I liked, I usually teach Sunday school and then go to the service instead mm -hmm. of, you know, teaching Sunday school and then go into Sunday school. I don't know. So anyway, I just noticed that I've been, and especially, I think it became more 
uh, evident to me once everything shut down. Right. And I thought, I, where, I, where are my people? Because <laughs> at least by teaching Sunday school, you kind of have the the camaraderie of the other teachers. Right. And so you have at least a little bit of something. And so I recently joined a small group that's meeting by Zoom. Right. And so we're, we're just barely getting started. So I think that is good for me. It's, you know, all women and we're reading this book. And so I think that um, time just for me to be with other women, you know, we're kind of all in the same stage of life, you know, that kind of thing has been, is going to be really good for me. I, I definitely feel like I've been missing that because I've been trying to do some stuff on my own and it's just, I still feel like there's something missing, right. you know? And so that's, I think that, um, and so it was, the timing worked out because, you know, things kind of kick off in the fall and I don't know. So I think that is going to be really helpful for me because I, my, my tank gets empty pretty easily <laughs> and just because I've, it's very draining. Life is draining, right. you know, with working and home remote learning. I don't know. It's All a lot. All the time together. It's, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I need time to recharge right. <laughs> personally. And so I think that's going to be important for me. I've forgotten the question already. <laughs> Sorry, I went I'm, on too long. I was so enthralled by what my <laughs> wife awesome. was saying. That's what it is. I just, How do you pour back into yourself when you pour out to your kids so much spiritually? What are the things you do for Andre? Uh, gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So as, as we've been doing virtual church, I've, uh, had, you know, several opportunities yeah. to play, uh, with the, with the worship team, which I, I love doing. I've, been part of some sort of music ministry in Calvary since I've been here. So over 20 years, I've either played trumpet in the Sunday orchestra, you know, 15, 20 I think years Andre ago. Andre can play every instrument. <laughs> as I, soon as I think I have them all figured out, he comes out with another one and I'm just baffled every time. Oh, but anyways, <laughs> sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. But no, that, that's just, that, that has always been a passion of mine. I remember being, I was a sophomore at UA and at that point, time I was an engineering major and I hated school. <laughs> I wanted to quit. I wanted to leave. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to record some songs. I'm going to go out to LA for two weeks and I'm going to pass around my demo and I'm going to be a rock star and I'm going to quit school. So I did. I, well, I didn't actually quit school because like, <laughs> my mom was just not having that. But I went to Los Angeles. I recorded wow. a CD and I, I had my, my face on the cover and I, I designed the artwork and I took like boxes of CDs and I met record producers and I passed them out and I went to, I snuck into Capitol Records to the big Capitol Records building. I'm going to need a, a copy of this. I know. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was, that was who I wanted to be. I yeah. wanted to be a musician. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's all I wanted to be. But it took me a while to realize Hey, all this music and all this talent, I, I need you to use that for me is what, what I was hearing from God. Like you have abilities and you have talent. And I promise you, if you use that to glorify me, you will be fed. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to realize that because I, I wanted to be the front man in my band. So I had a band and we were playing out just every weekend we were playing somewhere and it just was not fulfilling. I, I enjoyed it, but it didn't have any lasting fulfillment. But as soon as I played, you know, the ne very next day on Sunday, I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. And when I started, um, you know, uh, uh, rehearsing the songs and listening to the songs that we were going to play, like how I'm able to worship through the yeah. practice of that, like, you know, I'll, I'll blast them in my office. Uh, I don't work with anybody in this building. So I have like speakers and I'm just blaring these songs that we're going to play for Sunday. They're just on repeat and just how worshiping through that and reading the lyrics and in the practice for leading, how much that feeds me is, is just phenomenal. So yeah. I use that, um, kind of as, you know, my, my opportunity yeah. to, to be fed. Just, I'll, I'll let that, the music speaks to me doing that so um that's how i i like to worship by practicing and preparing to lead and um also enabling other 
people however I can and being a leader, you know, being, I guess, the elder now in, in the <laughs> worship team, um, you know, I, the the youngins may, may ask me, hey, you know, what would you think about this? Young, yeah. uh, I, I know, <laughs> these young college kids. I'll be 40 <laughs> this year. That's crazy. Um, yeah, just, just last week, you know, somebody asked me, hey, you know, I'm writing this song. Um, electric guitar. How how would you put this in a song? That's I'm really like, cool. how much time do you have? Because I'm such a nerd when it comes to guitar and music. I'm right. like, oh my gosh, you know this is this is great. But that's awesome. uh, yeah, for me that that's what what it would yeah. be. That's really cool. Mm. I love to see how people hear from the Lord differently and and what what ways he he is able to to speak to people. So it's really neat to kind of see the perspectives on that. So, um, do you guys have anything else you want to share before we go about Calvary, about your kids, about you? It can be anything. Throwing it out there. Anything. Anything. Anything you want to go? Yeah. I, I, I guess the only thing is, um, the way the the way Andre and I ended up sitting here today, the path is really pretty amazing because I, I grew <laughs> up going to a Methodist church, and mm. um, I mean my whole life, like my parents, grandparents, everybody went to church there, you know, and I never would have thought I would have left it, and the only reason I did was because I was just I felt like I didn't have a place I fit in there because I was. Out of grad school, I was working, and I felt like everybody else my age was married and had kids, and it was just a completely different phase of life. And so my mom, at the time, worked with someone who went to Calvary. He told her about 2030 and put me in touch with um, Pam Jackson, who at the time was involved in that department. And I literally came to Calvary, and she was the only person I knew, and I didn't even really know her. I had just talked to her on the phone. <laughs> And so that was in January of 2006. My and gosh, wow. so that's so, the, and that's not yeah. something I would typically do in my life is just, well, I'm just going to change churches and I don't know anybody there, but it's going to be fine. Like that is not my personality <laughs> not at, at all. all. Mm, um, but I remember I like, I had talked to my pastor at the, the Methodist church at the time and he was kind of like, I hate to see you go, but I understand why, yeah. what you're doing here. And cause he was telling me that when he was, in his younger days, went to a church of a different denomination just because of what they offered, you know, that he, I don't know, it was very interesting. And so anyway, that's how I ended up at Calvary and never really had any long-term plans about would I stay here forever. I mean, I don't really know. And then Andre and I met and, you know, not fears. It was love what? at first sight. What? Yeah, it was. <laughs> kind of. No, I but, no, go ahead. Well, go ahead. but anyway, <laughs> uh, so, you know, that was, we got married in July of 2010. So, yeah. you know, about four and a half years later, you know, we're married and this is where we met and this is where our friends were. So this is where we came to church and, um, or continued going to church, I guess. And, you know, our kids have come here and I don't know, it's just kind of, if I look back on that, I'm like that, that decision changed the entire trajectory of my life mm -hmm. and just the friends that we have um you know a lot of them came from here and i don't know i, I it's it's interesting to look back on that moment and not moment it wasn't a moment it was a series of things that led up yeah. to that mm -hmm. but just that decision to come here and to keep coming here and you know i, I don't know it's just pretty amazing it, it just there are a few moments in my life I can look back and I'm like, that was definitely not a Rachel decision. Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, that was God saying, hey, you really need to go over here. Like, and, it, you know, we don't always get a chance to look back and see that yeah. very clearly. You know, sometimes it's easy to overlook the role or the, the direction or the way God directs our life is what I'm trying to say. And so, but that moment is very, or that decision and that course change is very clear to me. Because Andre had been coming to church here since he was in college. So he had been coming here for a while. And so I was just kind of this new kid. And it was pretty cool. But mm -hmm. some of, I don't know, it's just really cool to look back on that. So that's that's why we're still here 15 that's years later. 20 years later for him, you yeah. know, is just because there's just a lot more than just a church to us here. You know, it's, awesome. it's, yeah, it's uh, home. It's home. It yeah. is home. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. 
I remember the first day I saw Rachel. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, no. So, yeah, like, right, similar to Rachel, I grew up um, for a while going to a Catholic church. And eventually my mom said, you know what? We, we need to go across town and we're going to go to this other church where um, more people look like us. Just, just basically, I know people over there. All my friends are over there. We're, we're just going to change and, you know, being, I think I was in second grade or third grade at the time I was in third grade. So being nine, 10 years old, okay, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, let, let's go. And the differences between a predominantly white Catholic church and a all black Southern Baptist church, oh, like, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously night and day, but you know, I'm like, wow, it's really loud in here, you know? <laughs> um, but no, uh, so I, coming from that, um, when I was in high school, I was uh, in a drum major camp, the George Parks drum major camp. And um, that Sunday, we all came to Calvary at the, at the same time just to worship together. And um, I remember Dr. Chester's sermon um, that day. I thought, this is amazing. The way he is teaching the Bible, like I, I, I wasn't used to that. Mm. And at that point in my life, I wanted, I wanted to be taught. Like I, I really wanted yeah. to, I wanted somebody to break down this word to a, where I could understand it. Mm. So as soon as I graduated from high school, came to UA and I thought, where's that place that we went? I need to, I need to get back there. And I, I couldn't wait to, to come back here. Um, so yeah, uh, like Rachel said, I've been here all through college, got involved playing in the well band, met my, my good friend Alan Henderson, said, hey, do you need a bass player? He's like, yeah, my name's Alan. Please come play bass. I'm like, cool, <laughs> I'll play bass. Um, played bass in the well band for, for a little while. Um, but yeah, come, come 2030, Rachel comes walking in to the Jackson's Bible study. And we, we struck up a friendship just, I mean, it was, it was organic and we had been friends for, for a long time, but the way we really got, it was a really interesting story. I don't know how much time you got. We have but, plenty okay. of time. Okay. We love a good story. So, so the 16 minutes, Go ahead. 16 minutes I, I can, <laughs> I'll make it 15. So the way we, we really started, the way our relationship really started sparking was was it 2006, 2007? It was, I think it was two, the 2007, the, 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 the Christmas parade. It was 2006 was the first year we did it. Okay, well, the second year we did the it. The second year. The okay. second year. So the two, 2007, our 2030 right. class, we decided to do a float for the city's Christmas parade because we were sitting around joking, hey, you know, we should do a float, ha, ha, ha. And we're like, yeah, we would do this, ha, ha, ha. And then somebody said, well, they have a trophy. That was Anybody, me. Rachel said, <laughs> well, do you, you know there's a trophy. Anybody that knows me, all you right, have to do is say involved. trophy. Move out of the way, it's right. mine. Whatever we have to do, the trophy is mine. So I think after, after Bible study, I said, hey, are you really serious about this? <laughs> Because, I mean, seriously, somebody says trophy, I'm getting it. And Rachel's like, absolutely, we could totally do this. I'm like, how do we do this? <laughs> like, so we start working together. She's like, okay, here's what we need to do. And anybody that can enable my vision, like, I'm the person that has the grandiose visions and she's the detail person. We always say that she's the banks to my river because I'm just, I'm going. And she's like, hold on, wait a second. Let's think about this. I That's mean, great. I love that. Yeah. She's like, okay, well, you know, we need a, we need a flatbed truck and let's, our thing's going to be the peanuts Christmas. So how, well, that was the second year, I think. Right. It's all it's, running together. It is I running together. I think 2007 was the first we year. Did it, yeah, we did it twice. That was the year with the snowflakes. That's right. The and snowflakes. And icicle lights. But That's we actually right. did icicle win. We won. We like, totally won. First did. place in the... At that time, they had divisions. Like, we were in a church division. For, yeah, that we, we won, won like, first, first place, place in the church yeah. division. And then the second time, we won first place overall. Overall, they didn't have the divisions wow. that year. And we won the whole kit and caboodle the second time. But we still have the trophies because they're, they're kind of where Rachel and Andre <laughs> yeah. began. Because by so, the time by the time the Christmas parade was over, like that's kind of when we started dating. Yeah, yeah, one. because we had spent so much time planning yeah, right. this Christmas parade. After that, we we're like, 
well, what are we going <laughs> to do, do now? What are we going to do now? So I was like, hey, what, what are you doing Friday? <laughs> so, and I was living in Birmingham at the time. I said, well, I'll come down. Let's, let's go out. Let's, let's, you know, go to Chuck's. We went to Chuck's. Yes. To eat. Ooh, good first Yeah. Day. Thank yeah, you. Right. Thank good. you. Good. <laughs> I know. That's right. Yeah. I was single at the time, so I had the money. Um, <laughs> But no, that that's really where where it began, and I think also that fall I was looking for a football ticket to the Georgia game, and Rachel was like, "I have an extra ticket." I'm like, "Awesome! <laughs> this is so fantastic!" <laughs> like, so it just it really organically just yeah, began, right. and just any advice to anybody dating or about to date, like finding somebody that will compliment you. Um, you know, people like to think that, you know, my perfect person is going to be just like me. I thank God almost every day. I did not marry somebody just like me. <laughs> I could, I would not. He gave you a daughter to, to help. Absolutely. <laughs> Give that perspective. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But we complement each other so well. I think you would agree. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Good. I almost missed my cue. I know that was an alley-oop. You dunked it. It was good. <laughs> No, but just being able to, to compliment each other and, and bounce ideas off of one another. And like I said, you know, she's she's the detail person. She's planning. And I'm like, hey, let's do X, Y, and Z. She's like, okay, this is how we can do that. And just being able to work with somebody mm-hmm. in a very stressful situation towards a goal, yeah. you, I think you really see who they are. And we really got to see each other. And it was obvious, like, hey. And it was obvious to other people, too, because every one of our friends was like, hey, when are y'all just going to start dating? Like, when, when are y'all just going to just stop messing around, just just get together? Like, what, like, we don't know what you're talking about. And obviously playing coy, but, yeah, that's how Andre and Rachel began. So we, we thank Calvary because Calvary, like Rachel said, did play a huge role, yeah, for role sure. in that. So. Well, we are so glad that you guys <laughs> entered that float contest and right? became a couple. Christmas and Christmas parade. Thank yeah. you guys so much for being here and sharing a little bit of, of your story and your life with us. We yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you for it. having us. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. It was fun. I have awesome. to do it again.